The Abstract Athlete Podcast, a collision of art, sports, and science. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. We would like to thank all of our awesome listeners, and as always, thank you to our sponsors. Please keep those questions coming. Remember to stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com, to check out our creative training journals and for information on upcoming events and workshops. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Super excited today to talk with my old buddy and just one of the best people I know in the world. Also, he is the head athletic director at South Dakota State University, Justin Sell. We're going to talk a little bit about our athletic backgrounds and growing up. We will also chat about all the great things the Jackrabbit student athletes and fans are doing. Going to also talk about the state of college sports and where we are headed in a COVID world. And with that, let's welcome Justin Sell. going man uh just just working it got summit league 80s meetings this morning got division one council tomorrow so i'm trying to manage all that stuff name image and likeness transfer uh waiver uh stuff uh kind of the whole gamut so it's all good uh, uh, now well no i actually just had we'll, we'll jump right in i'm starting this anyway so i um i talked to athletic director here a couple weeks ago on the podcast and just the amount of stuff, I can't imagine what you guys are dealing with in terms of financially, because the spring sports got postponed. And so like the scholarships are being like, right. They're being like, who knows what. And, and so like, I'm, you know, when you texted me and said that you just had a, you know, a league meeting, I'm sure you're like constantly on calls with them. Correct. It- yeah, yeah, I think it's it's an interesting time. So you, you've got your kind of small world of your own athletic department on campus, right? And so minimally, you're trying to take care of your employees uh, yeah. that work for you and make them feel there's some sense of stability and that we've got good thoughts, plans. Uh, uh, we, we understand the strategy and what we're trying to do moving forward, knowing we don't have all the variables or the information to make those decisions. So what can you do just to stabilize some things on your own campus and take care of your student athletes? And up until about two weeks ago, it was pretty easy because you're just trying to help them uh, with their online education, helping your seniors get to graduation, uh, helping facilitate and make sure you're covering mental health issues and anxiety yeah. and stress. And you really boil back down to the basics. At the same time, you're taking a look at how you fit into your institution and where higher ed's going just in general. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got your leagues that you're part of. And so for us, it's the Summit League and then Missouri Valley football. Yeah. And then you've got the NCAA. And so at the same time as the NCAA, you're trying to set some boxes around parameters for all of us to try to maybe work in a similar vein, um, try to not create too many competitive advantages or disadvantages. And on top of that, we're trying to deal with name, image, and likeness and transfer issues and some other things that have been kind of carried over before this. And so there are so many different moving parts. And one decision you might make here might make a very big difference in how you approach the next set of decisions. And then certainly budget, I mean, modeling, we have six budget models for next year uh, that we're running. So uh, based on all, you know, when we might get back. So yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff, but (laughs) for me, just trying to simplify and get back to the basics of what we do uh, and taking care of people and thinking of others. Yeah. Uh, that's what we're trying to do at least. No, I think that's all. I mean, again, we just jumped right into it. It's like, we need to like, this is Justin sell. Hey man. So, and, and to be honest, Justin and I have known each other for, which I think 40 years at this point, it's getting yep. close to it, which is insane to me. So, <laughs> and the most important thing that I have to say is like, I want the Jack rabbit alumni and the fan base to know that Justin's 
Purcell is a hell of an athlete because damn it, I'm telling you. And I told you this recently when we talked, I, I literally, I remember the first game you like literally game we played together, which I think is just hysterical. So, and so, but I, you know, like, so usually how we start these out, I don't usually know everybody as well as I know you, but, um, and since I do know you like, but like, give like a background of you, like, um, you know, you've been at, at South Dakota state for 15, uh, 11, 11. Okay. And, and you've, you've, you spent time at Villanova at Syracuse at Bowling Green. You got your degree. I mean, just like, you know, like I, I, we like to get to know the, the person like, you know, so it's not all the, the external stuff, but like the Justin cell, we want to know you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to be brief. Uh, you know, I, I, well, I, I, I moved all over the country uh, when I was younger. My dad was in higher education. And so that's probably where I found my love of being uh, part of a college campus. I just found my avenue through sports to do that. Yeah. But, um, you know, moved to Columbus, Ohio when I was 12. And uh, you know, and then obviously we got a chance to, to play. And your dad everything. was an awesome coach. I, I still to this day, like think about that stuff. So yeah, he, he had, he had a pretty mean curveball, and he was definitely a Ron Johnson fan. But uh, I, I remember uh, he could certainly cover some ground out in center field, and uh, I, I obviously played uh, shortstop and yep. third base. But, uh, you know, th those were great days. And I think, uh, Ron, you know, it's funny, uh, watching The Last Dance with Michael Jordan, yep. I think if you were going to describe our childhood, um, and I thought a lot about this, that's all we did all day long. We played, we played games, we played different sports every season and that's how we got to know people, but it's also where we learned to compete. Uh, you didn't want to give an inch on any playground. You know, there was that attitude and kind of that grit of we're going to figure out how to do this and, and uh, you're not going to beat me today. And yet we, <laughs> yeah. And then we could go off and be best of friends as yep. soon as you walk off the, the court or the field or the baseball diamond or whatever it was. So I think for me, that experience in Columbus and, and certainly at Upper Arlington High School, we had access to, to great facilities and, and programs and teams and coaches. And we got a chance to really see athletics at a high level even early uh, yeah. on. Um, and I think, you know, that really sparked my interest in the love of sport. And uh, then I went to Bowling Green State University. I got my undergrad there and got my master's at Ohio State, uh, was able to work in the athletic department a little there. And then uh, moved to Syracuse for years, and then I was at Villanova for four, and I spent 10 years at Northern Iowa. Um, and then uh, I was able to come out here uh, 11 years ago. And I think the interesting part for me in my career is you're talking about small private Catholic schools, you're talking about teachers' colleges, you're talking about the single biggest school at Ohio State in the country at the time in terms of enrollment. Uh, and then, you know, being here and being part of a land-grant school uh, in the mission of a land grant, I've had a chance to really see higher ed in total. If you step back from athletics, yeah. uh, it's just fascinating to see the differences on each of those campuses and then how you create experiences for kids. Cause at the end of the day, that's what this thing is about. Yeah. Well, and I think it's cool. Like I just, I, I think I texted you when we were setting this up, you guys just had, you know, and again, like this is a crazy time and you guys just had a fundraiser that was so successful um, for your program. And I think that speaks volumes, A, to the alumni base, to the love of you and, and the athletic department. Um, because I do think like it is a small school, but man, like the Jackrabbits are at the top of, of the conference in everything. Like they always, like they seem to always go to the NCAAs, men's and women's, the football team is always doing well. Like it's, you have to be, I mean, not to like pat yourself on the back, but you have to be proud of that. Like, and, and proud of the fact that again, like to have like such a really great fan base, I think speaks again, like, I think, you know, like everything does come from the top. So it's, I think it does speak, not again, you know, we've known each other forever, but, <laughs> but I think it does speak volumes to you and how you run a program and, and, and what you're doing out there. So. Yeah, well, and I think it goes back to that experience. And when I got here, we were just coming out of the transition from Division Two to Division One, And so, you know, getting here and realizing that this place had such tremendous potential. It's always been solid academically, always had good people. 
uh, but just needed some help with a vision in regards to a business plan. We had facilities that absolutely needed to be done. I've been fortunate to work for two phenomenal presidents, uh, some of the smartest people I've ever worked with. So I've learned a lot from uh, both of them and, and how to how to be part of a university and then create excellence through athletics that showcases what's special about your place. Uh, I probably fell into the best situation in the country when you look at fan bases and uh, our student athletes grade point averages. I think for we have 500 student athletes and we're at a 3.30 cumulative GPA with those student athletes. And so on top of all the conference championships and the ability to go to the NCAA tournament, we've had several student athletes go uh, to the pro leagues. Um, you know, we've been able to develop those uh, kids in those dreams. Yeah. Uh, but the intent for them was never to go pro. It was to get a great degree and be able to play a sport they loved. And it just turned out that they developed into that. And and your comment on the auction, you know, we raised one point seven uh, million dollars. And, and I think at a time when most schools are struggling just to figure out how to even ask for money. I mean, it's tough. You're you're walking this fine line of. Uh, not being tone deaf and, and understanding where you're at in your communities and, and how people are hurting. And, and yet at the same time, you're trying to provide hope and be an example of, hey, we still have to think, big. we still have to do some things. And yep. um, we added a couple elements this year of that, that whole theme of thinking about something being big, part of something bigger than yourself. I think, you know, we wanted something fun and social for people to look forward to, but we also wanted to impact other people's lives. So we raised $372,000 for Feeding South Dakota, which equated to 1.1 million meals uh, for folks at a time when they're having a hard time keeping the shelves stocked. And uh, we raised another uh, $207,000 for high need scholarships on campus so yeah. students can actually get back next fall and and uh, be able to continue pursuing their degree, you know, when they're not able to have summer jobs because there just aren't any or their families, parents are losing jobs, you know, that money will go a long way in supporting them. And then a, a, a new record in terms of athletic scholarship fundraising at 1.15 million, um, you know, that's a quarter of our scholarship bill. And so uh, we needed uh, certainly needed the dollars to, uh, to our budget this year and for our fan base and supporters to step up and, um, and I'll say this one thing, Ron, because a lot of people don't understand this. We have an anonymous donor who's changed the face of our community and our, our campus. Uh, but that individual uh, does a two for one match on every gift. Wow. And so when you think about impact, uh, uh, people give a lot more because they know it's being tripled. Right. And uh, for that individual <laughs> to take this and, and impact that many people and then want no recognition for it. It's an unbelievable example for all of us in times like these to try to behave and act that same way. Yeah, the, the humility of that is like pretty extraordinary. Like that, no, I, again, like when I, when I saw that on, on Twitter the other day, I was just like, that is, I mean, that's really awesome because again, like it does, it just speaks volumes to that community, like to really protect each other. I mean, for lack of a better way to say it. And I think that that's really awesome. So yeah, congratulations. It, I mean, well, th no, thanks. And it, and it showcases what's so great about South Dakota. And well, I'm, I'm pretty far away from all my family, uh, um, you know, back in Columbus, Ohio. It's uh, this is a really special place to put a flag in the ground to call home. And I guess the last comment I'd make on that is, uh, you know, we have a, a little feel around here that uh, we kind of have a Big Ten, Big 12 mentality, but a mom, pa feel. Yep. And I think that's the uniqueness of South Dakota State. So you mentioned, you know, for a mid-major school or a smaller school, uh, we behave a lot bigger than maybe our numbers uh, would say or how many people we have in our state. Uh, and some, and a lot of that is just the mentality of people that we feel like we can achieve at the very highest level in the things that we do. No, and I think, but that's, in some ways, I think that's a mid-major, particularly, I mean, you know, you think about the basketball mid-majors always do well in some capacity and like that mentality of to gut it out and just like to scratch and claw and we like we're just as good as you I, I mean I love that mentality like that's in some ways like that's w the way that I always played it's like you know like 
I wasn't a Michael Jordan, although I could jump out of a gym. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could do that. This, this dude used to be able to dunk. And, and actually, I, don't, I don't know if you're 5'11 or what, but man, you can put it down. <laughs> I, I actually posted a picture the other day, again, like in relation to the last dance, and I was wearing my the original Jordans. And I was like, I have to post this picture of me dunking wearing original Jordans and just saying, <laughs> it's the shoes. So I don't know. But like thinking of, you know, like kind of going back, um, to what you were saying earlier about like the mental health issue, like how, like, you know, cause it, how we deal with stuff at, you know, with the abstract athlete is like, we, we deal with creativity and how it can really benefit not just student athletes or athletes or veterans, but it, really everybody. But like, how are you dealing with, with the anxiety and the stress of stuff like with, with student athletes right now? Because, you know, again, I've, I work, you know, at VCU, like in teaching a bunch of student athletes and, and the loss of a season is just crushing. And so like, you know, I can't imagine that. I mean, when I played, I got redshirted. So I understand that not playing aspect and it sucks. It's like, it's a horrible thing, but to have something where it's just like the rug taken out from under you, like, like, how are you guys dealing with that as a university? Yeah, I think, you know, first, um, it, it's a team approach, you know, it, it really takes uh, uh, the, the culture of where you're at and the fact of uh, first being tuned in enough. And, uh, you know, I've got tremendous head and assistant coaches that have the ability to empathize and, and to be able to say, you know, okay, I had my whole to-do list today and we've got to still recruit and we still got to find a way to compete. Putting that aside for a little bit and really tuning in and saying, what do, what do our kids need? Yeah. Um, and making sure they feel that, they know that, that that avenue is open. And, and the beauty here at SDSU is our student athletes, they get to know me and our other administrators really well. Um, our president gets out to their games and get, they get to know him too. And, and so, you know, being involved in team Zoom calls, you know, I got on with all of our teams and, and tried to reiterate the messages that the coaches have been, you know, sending and, and trying to help support them. And, uh, but also, Ron, you know, to let them know, um, even I've been in this business almost 30 years and, and um, you know, I deal with anxiety or stress or, or worry, you know, what, what's this going to look like? I have a son who's a sophomore here at SDSU and he wants to be an AD. Yep. What's our business going to look like? Right. You know, um, th those things stress me out. And, and so just letting them know there's no um, formula in this. None of us have a, a bullet point on our resume that says we have pandemic experience, um, <laughs> you know, and, and so to let them know, even from my chair, that it's okay to try to find a way to be comfortable uh, with being uncomfortable yep. um, and maybe not having all the answers. And so you, you made an interesting point. You had to first deal with the kind of fall off the cliff end of season. And that was championship seasons for winter sports, which yep. was really difficult both our basketball teams were going to play in the postseason and we had five wrestlers going to the NCAA championships and and for those seniors it's over yep uh, you know and so and, and then we had them all over the country because it's spring break and they're playing baseball and softball and uh, golf all our spring sports were gone so how do we get everybody back and get them to somewhere safe yep and then how do we just start kind of working through making sure we identify uh, those kids that might need more support and and then there's great resources out there in, in terms of the NCAA from our league, from our campus. Uh, I think we do a good job of it here. So you're, you're trying to utilize those and, and uh, identify kids that need help immediately. But I think, you know, what you're doing with Abstract Athlete, and we've talked a little bit, and I would love to continue to figure out, I think there's some really interesting pieces in there with that creativity, helping uh, 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 relieve some anxiety and stress in a different way that don't think about um, yep. you know it's really cutting edge and you've done some things that have been highly successful a quick tie my daughter is getting her phd um in psychology at uh, the university of louisville and awesome. she actually is putting together some things related to this topic and so a couple weeks ago i gave her your name because i think uh there there's some parallels on what she was talking about and how she was approaching it to maybe an alternate way to do some of the things she's talking about is in some areas you're working on. And yep. I think that's one of the cool things about going through these scenarios is we are going to be able to find some things if we're creative, if we're bold, if we think differently that are going to help us down the road once we get out of this and we will get out of it. 
but we've got to find a way to get there. And so, you know, I commend you on the work you've done. I look forward to further exploring that. I think there's just wild potential with some of the work you're doing. Oh yeah. Now we're, I mean, we're totally excited. And like, again, like I'm, I told you this before. I just think it's for me, it's just fun to, for us to like brainstorm and talk to, I mean, it's just fun to catch up for one, because again, you know, like you talked about the memories and stuff and I like, I'll never forget playing wiffle ball in your backyard and hitting the ball, like having the rules about the, about the roof and like what happened, you know, what happened. And it's like, you know, but like you said, it's like that, like that was it. Like that, that's what we did all the time. And you know, so it's like those things stick with you and you know, I, I don't know. But I mean, like you brought up that other point is like, we don't know what the future is in, in, in any capacity. And I, and again, like I'm an optimist. So I I do think we're going to, you know, we'll get out of this. It's not going to be tomorrow, but we will, but it's like the future of, of sports, it might be different. Like, and we don't know that, but like sports, like historically has been such an important fabric of society. And so like, you know, like, this idea of just wanting sports to be back. (laughs) And I'm sure your fans are just like itching to get stuff back and to know what's going on. And, and, uh, you know, like you can't answer them. Like you can be hopeful and like tell them this stuff. And uh, I mean, and I'm sure that that's, you know, the the reason, like, I I think I said this in the podcast with athletic director here is like, they're called fanatics for a reason, you know? And, but it, like you can only give them so much. It's like, we're, we're, you know, we're going along with, with what we're going along with. Cause you know, I, we started out this conversation that you had a, like a call with, with your athletic directors in the, um, in your league, but I'm sure you're like talking to the NCAA constantly and like how, how this is going to unfold in terms of, are are we going to play games in the fall are there going to be fans in the stand? You know, everybody wants to know those things, which obviously I don't think you can answer them at the moment. But just that idea of like how sports is really such an important fabric to us um, as humans, I guess I'll just put it at that. Well, yeah, I mean, is, isn't that the value? You know, we're, we're providing a venue for uh, um, students to express themselves outside the classroom and do something that they love or have a passion for. And and so many great lessons. All of us that have participated in sports know those lessons and uh, being a teammate and, and the competitiveness. And, and I've used that line quite a bit, Ron. And this time we have the skill set to handle this because we deal with it all the time. Right. Uh, you just have to figure out how to apply it. Uh, and, yeah. and maybe it's a bigger <laughs> application, but but we, ha- we have that skill set. But Sports brings people together. Sports creates experiences. Sports gives you something to, to rally behind, uh, something that's positive, yeah. um, you know, and the impact and influence that we can have in, in trying to give hope and, and to have joy and to get back to those things. I think it's interesting, as you were talking about kind of the days we grew up, life, and, and I'm sure our parents, when we were growing up, we would have said the same thing and they would have said, well, life was so much simpler. Um, you know, for for our age, the big challenge is, um, you know, what our kids have been through. And, and if I just take my own kids, you know, they were really young when we had 9-11. And they, so from that point on, they've lived in a world that's maybe more tenuous, um, has additional stresses. At the same time, We've pressed everything. You know, we have full loads on schedules. Uh, in NCAA, I always joke, I've been part of the Division One Council for five years now. Um, we're really good at adding to, right. and adding to the rule book and adding to time. Uh, we're really poor at pulling some things out and figuring out how to balance that better. And it seems to me that we've set up a whole system that really is defined for only the elite athlete. Every workout, every practice, the games we play, how we recruit, it's all about the elite. Well, you might have one or two elite athletes on a roster, yep. uh, but you've got a whole bunch of other kids that want to want to do all the competitive things and want to be able to grow and get better and, and, and play games, but they also want a more balanced life and they yep. want opportunities to understand career options and, and how academics plays in and getting a degree. And, and so I think we're in an era where trying to balance that and then understand – 
these kids are bombarded in so many different ways and, and the anxiety and stress comes from things we never faced as kids. Yep. Uh, you know, we never wore a watch. We'd wake up early in the morning, go knock on all our doors and Hey, it's the wiffle ball game today or it's the football game uh, over in Northern park yep. or it's the dunk ball yep. uh, behind St. Agatha or, you know, it, those those were the easy, yep. like you just, and you did it from early in the morning till my mom was always mad because I was late for dinner. Um, you know, I'll take and, responsibility for that, I think. <laughs> well, thank you. Please, I'll have to tell her you did because she still gets after me for that. But, but you know, and today it's, they're, they're challenged in many different ways and we have to learn as adults how to manage and help them with yep. those challenges and yet still provide some of that uh, life experience and stability and, and, trying to bring some simplicity back into life, I think it's important. And I'm hopeful this time will teach us. I agree. Like, I think it's, it's really interesting this time that I now see neighbors walking around. Mm -hmm. Like there's these things that is, it's almost, there's this subtle return to some of the genuineness of when we were kids. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I, I see like kids up at the park, throwing baseballs with their dads and stuff. And it's like stuff that I didn't see as much because it is the speed, the speed of which that we were going was almost like we weren't paying attention. And this is like made us slow down. And, you know, like, I don't think this is, I, I don't choose to be in this position in terms of why we're here, but in some ways I do hope that we come out of this better humans um, which I think is interesting because it, it is like, you know, I think you, you said it really well. It's like, it's kind of teaching us things that may, you know, like maybe we knew, but we just weren't paying attention to. And I agree, like the student athletes, I mean, there's so much stress on them. Like, um, it, it's, it's just tough. Well, and, and getting back to values, the things that are important in life, you know, the, the folks, the simple things are the, the our medical professionals that take care of us all the time. I think we take that for granted. The uh, people that are putting food on the shelves in the grocery store for us to be able to even eat or just the production of it, go back to the farm, you know, and trying yep. to get food um, out there. And, and when those basic life needs are um, uh, at threat or at risk, uh, it starts to change your mentality. And then I think figuring out how to just focus on helping others yep. uh, very simply. I mean, that's a simple life lesson and we all get so busy and we have so many other things that are so important on our own list that sometimes I think we forget the value of where we fit in an organization or in a community. You know, I, I laugh with my boys all the time that when we grew up, you loved a team, you yeah. know, you picked your team and, yeah. <laughs> and you, you ran with it. And, you know, I love the Reds and you love the Mets and, or, you know, whatever it might be. It's, yeah. you know, you kind of pick the team. And now, you know, my kids pick individuals, yeah. um, you know, yeah. and they get those jerseys and they follow individuals. And I think this brings us back to that. We are part of communities. Yeah. We are part of other experiences and how we step back and realize that I think hopefully we'll get those values. And then if you apply it to college sports, Ron, I think we, we have gotten a little haywire in the last few years where it's we are part of higher education. I've often said I work in higher education. I, sports is the avenue that I use, but all our student athletes come into all our colleges here. They're going to be nurses and pharmacists and engineers and all those things. Um, and that really still needs to be primary of our focus but we've gotten a little haywire and massive salaries and large buyouts and um, got to win at all costs. And, and yep. it's all a money machine uh, that we've kind of lost our way. And then you get into name image and likeness and you get into transfer issues. And we're looking a lot more like uh, um, pro league models in a yep. sense than we are. If you went back and said, well, how does this fit in higher education? Um, we may have different answers. And so hopefully this will bring us back to understanding how we fit back in with our kids. Quick break to remind everyone to stop by theabstractathlete.com and check out our daily creative training journal, which is also available on Amazon. Remember to also listen to our upcoming second podcast called The Abstract Doctors Podcast featuring Dr. Ron Garbo and Dr. David Seafew. You can also follow us on social media platforms under The Abstract Doctors. Now back to Justin Sell. 
again, like I think the the struggle of like an athletic director in terms of the likeness issue, in terms of paying student athletes, in terms of what is it, 20 hours a week contact with coaches? Is that right? Um, like how all those things operate, because one of the things that I talk about with my student athletes is like, I do realize that a student athlete is different than a student in the respect that when a student athlete wakes up, their day is built. Like they wake up, they go, you know, lift weights, then they go have breakfast, then they have practice, then they have class, then they have study table that, you know, it's like, so it is different than a normal student in some capacity. And it's just a tough, like, what do you do? Like, I've always said that there has to be a way because a student athlete doesn't have the ability to have a job. They just don't have the time to do it. That there has to be some way, I think, and, and you know, like to pay them, in, whether it's a scholarship or whatever, like, uh, you know, because it's, there is a fairness issue in some capacity, I think, but it's tough because it's like, how do you pay them? Like, and, and you know, and the likeness issue becomes crazy to me because it's like, well, if you've like the starting quarterback at Ohio State, well, his likeness is worth more than, you know, somebody at Winthrop. And it's like, that's not fair. Like, because again, like you go back to what you said, this is about academics. This is a university. So it's like, I like, it's crazy to me, like what you guys have to deal with in terms of yeah. all this. And those, those are great uh, uh, perceptions. And I think for me, um, I, I still think we, we've done a poor job in recent years of number one, it, it's a privilege to be part of an athletic program. Uh, it's not a God given right. It really is a privilege. Uh, secondly is, you know, for those full scholarship student athletes and those that get cost of attendance on top of it, th th there's yep. tremendous value in that, that I think we've diminished. Yep. Um, and we don't treat it with uh, maybe the respect of what that value is. Um, you know, and then third, when you have partial scholarship kids, I think that's where I fall into creating opportunities for them to fill the gap and pay their education. You know, I think that's a very different field than all of a sudden actually being able to make money as a college athlete, because, yeah. um, you know, I look at two ways. One, just from the sports side, when you look at the athletic trainers and strength and conditioning people and academic people and the facilities that we have and the experience we provide to send you all over the country to play games, we pay for officials. We set all that up for you. There's tremendous value in that. Absolutely. Secondly, from an, when, from an NCA perspective, so it seems like, we get bashed every time there's a new issue, right? We just get absolutely hammered. Yep. Uh, some of it, probably deservedly so, but some of it, no one goes back and says, okay, you know, in the last three or four years, um, the Division One Council has looked at time demand. How do we ease those for student athletes? We've looked at cost of attendance. We've looked at transfer issues to give a little more freedom to students to be able to get where they're happy or able to uh, get a degree they want. Um, we've added things in regards to nutrition, all the mental health, health, safety. We have added and added and added so many things um, that now we just go to the new transfer issue or we go after the new name, image and likeness issue. And I think we we haven't built up. Student athletes today have the best experience that has ever been given to a student athlete in the history of college athletics. Yep. But, it, but if you re, if you listen to Twitter or other comments, you think um, we it's a machine that's just using them up and there's no value. And yep. I, I just find it fascinating how we've let that get away from us. And there's still room to grow and there's room to modernize and there's room to do some things within the context of higher education. And we're just kind of struggling how to find that fine line without it being forced down our throats by state legislatures or by lawsuits or yep. uh, by really individualism. Yep. And so how do you balance that? That is the challenge for college athletics, in my opinion, over the next 10 years. We've got to figure that out. Well, and I think it's interesting because, again, like you're talking about the 0.5% the of those athletes anyways. Like that's the issue to me. It's like there's only like – one or two, you know, like that are going yeah. anywhere. And, and if you're lucky, you're going to be in the pros for two years, three years, whatever, like, and, and then what, 
well, you're going to be falling back on that education. You got, it's still, I mean, like, again, like there's all these facets to that discussion that I think get lost in the dynamic. It's like, well, this guy deserves to get paid. Maybe, but, you well, know, I, it's I, just, it's I, Ron, just Ron, I'd ask you, has any student athlete ever been forced to sign a national letter no. of intent? No. You, you know what you're signing up for. Yep. You can either choose to do that or go play professionally. Yep. That's great. I think it's awesome. I, I, me and you both probably would have, if we could have been pro athletes, that would have probably been the number one career choice. Yep. You were much closer to it than me, but uh, you know, but you make, you make choices. And yep. I think that's the interesting part of this uh, discussion is where that choice comes in to um, engage in intercollegiate athletics in maybe the more balanced way we're talking about where we're taking care of you mentally and we're taking yep. care of academics and we're helping you grow and, uh, we all know uh, the value of what a college degree does for you. And it's certainly in the classroom, but it's all those other things you learn to be able to work into society and, and be a productive member. And that's where the true value is. And we're losing it a little bit on overemphasizing the sport part of that yeah. without taking the full context of what we should be doing. Yeah. Now it's, I, it's like, it's so interesting. And like you said, like it really is so different in terms of like having a nutritionist on campus, a mental wellness coach, like a massage therapist. Like I was talking, I actually did a, um, a podcast with the Ohio State's wrestling coach the other day and talking about my experience at Ohio State. Was like Rick Spielman was my weightlifting coach. It's like, it wasn't like, he just happened to be Chris Spielman's brother. <laughs> it's like, I don't know that he had like qualifications to be, but he was that and it's like now it's like the the specialization of what what student athletes are getting i think you're right like it is i mean it's it it is a pro organization in the sense of the educational components in terms of the athletic department it, it it's it's pretty it's unreal to to be honest with you no, and there's and there's great value, and that's why everything we bring in, all the revenue we go out and, and generate, and what we bring in to provide that experience for students, it's it's in their best interest. And um, you know, it's not, we don't uh, sock away money to do crazy things. It's really to impact them. You know, right. and and, uh, and you want to hire talented people and. Uh, you know, but there are a lot of arguments you can make on a college campus. You know, some of the salaries, uh, the way we were rolling, I don't know that that model was sustainable long term, uh, you know, anyway. And, uh, you know, and, and there's going to be differences between schools for sure. There always has been. I, I don't worry about having to fully level the playing field. That's not what it's about. But are our core values the same? We right. want to be part of uh, college athletics and higher education. Are, are we true to our core values or are we leaving those uh, uh, for other reasons? And, um, you know, my hope is most of the people I know in this business have pure hearts and want to do good by kids. And yeah. uh, it's such a worthwhile industry to have. But we've got some challenges that we need to sit down and figure out to make it successful. Now and I, that's I mean, like you bring up something, I think this kind of goes back to what I was saying in terms of like how you operate at South Dakota state. And I, you know, like, again, that's, it's somewhat perception, but somewhat through talking to you. And just like, I think you are such a hands-on athletic director in terms of, like you said, you're jumping on zooms with all your coaches and your students. And like that, I think becomes like really important because that, that connectedness of of the coaches and I, I you know again I'm kind of assuming through our dialogue that your coaches are just like so connected to your student to the student athletes and and what that does because it's like this coach teacher relationship where they're gonna be able to like have that relationship the rest of their lives and I think as an athletic athletic director the model that you're setting of doing those things, I think is like really important because I mean, again, like you and I know this from playing together and, and the parents that were our coaches, like, again, like, you know, I, I always remember your dad. Like I remember Mr. Thomas, Mr. Uh, Mr. Roshkowski, and just like those relationships that I will never, ever forget. And, yeah. and like when you put it to a college level, it's obviously, it's a different thing, but I think, 
I think that's like really, really important. So like, I think there's a question here somewhere, but <laughs> this, this idea of like in this time right now, like I think going, you know, like how, how the coaches are operating, like has to be like really important for, for the team aspect and, and how that's like moving forward. Does it, is how, what are the NCAA rules in terms of like summer? Like, is like, I, I assume your coaches want to stay in contact with, with players and how, like, how are they able to do that? Like, like how, how are they training? Like, because again, like training's obviously different and like all these things are just, I mean, it's new territory. Like, you know, yeah, well, I think, you know, first we've got to make sure we're continuing to be safe and, and following the things we need to do just to be good uh, uh, people in society and take care of those that might be at risk. And yeah. so you, your context is always around that. But, you know, in recent weeks, you're starting to see a little bit of an opening and, and people maybe wanting to figure out how to balance that risk with opening up a little more. And yeah. I know uh, we have a, a division one council meeting tomorrow where we're going to be discussing a lot of those, you know, you've got voluntary activities, you've got required activities, and then you've got this virtual activity, right? And so uh, trying to figure out how to balance uh, uh, getting those uh, student athletes the opportunity to just back and, and be able to do some things to their craft and, and getting in the weight room is a big one. Uh, being able to just get some shots up or throw a football or uh, build some skills. I don't think any of us are, um, we understand, I think the ability to pull us all together and just start doing our normal summer activities probably isn't there. Yeah. Um, the NCAA has been phenomenal um, and, and my colleagues across the country uh, we have the ability to reach out and talk to our kids uh, on, on uh, just checking in uh, mental health related, uh, certainly with the academics, although most of us are wrapping up semesters. But I think that um, our ability to stay connected with them and then for me, it's putting together the pathway of at least, you know, here's what we're thinking about and moving forward. Um, here's here's the information we need to do that and, and making sure you're transparent, you're communi communicating frequently and that it's simple and it's easy to understand. Most of us distrust all the not knowing. And so if you can take some of the not knowing out of the equation and say, hey, right. we know June 1, we'll probably start looking at some things about maybe getting a few kids into the weight room that are around here this summer. Right. Or we might be able to get some of our employees back. And we, we're developing plans to do that. I think each time you can hit one of those hurdles and provide some stability and, and, and direction, then it's easier to handle all the other variables that are no doubt going to continue to be there in the coming weeks and months. But I think that's been the real challenge with coaches is you've got that whole dynamic of your own team and the kids on your team. You're also still trying to figure out recruiting and there's a dead period now that's been extended to the end of June. So, you know, trying to build those relationships and, and how does that look in a virtual world? Yeah. Um, you know, it, I think that's really interesting. Most coaches, Ron, no student athletes, heck six or seven years by the time they graduate yep. because they spent time with them in the recruiting process and building that trust and that relationship and um you know that's what really marks kids at times like these is when you have coaches that are tuned in and can help there's nothing that makes me more proud by the way you talked about the connection and being involved with student athletes i, I probably write 25 or 30 letters of recommendation every spring uh, for grad school for med school that's jobs awesome. Um, when we, and when we recruit student athletes, our, our kind of motto is, you know, if we do this right, you're going to be a jackrabbit for the rest of your life. Yep. That's your connecting point. That's that's a place, you know, can always take care of you and that you're going to be able to be part of uh, that group forever. And I think that's really what helps us continue to build that over their time here at SDSU and then well beyond. Yeah. No, and I think that's I, I just. I just did this podcast. You, you know what heart rate variability is? This is a random point. So I just did this podcast with this this lady that um, works with this company called Whoop. And um, so we did the podcast and we always put music with it. And I said, if you know any, but, and she was the coach at Princeton's field hockey team, national championship coach. And so she, she sends me an email yesterday with this girl that um, attached to it. She said, Ron, this is um, a former student athlete of mine on the field hockey team. She's in a band. And that's beautiful to me because, again, like she's still connected to her past players. 
And, and again, I think it goes back again to the relationships that sports builds for, for humans, because we're sitting here talking, like I still talk. I mean, I talk to Groper every once in a while, you know, like, you know, I mean, and like those things that we, you know, even to the uh, smallest, a small extent, I talked to Jay Demerit the other day, uh, us soccer guy. You probably know it since you're a soccer Mm -hmm. guy. Um, and it's like that thing that is the worst part when you're done playing sports is the missing the locker room or, or, or the dugout or whatever, you know, that, that camaraderie. But I love the fact that there's still like connectedness still happening. And like when you just said that if we do this right, you're a jackrabbit for life. And I think that that's like really beautiful because again, that you're connected to the, to the space that raised you in, in, in some way is mm-hmm. a, is a way to say it. And I, I yeah. think that's really great. No, and, and there's uh, nothing more joyful than uh, connecting with uh, student athletes that now, I mean, I've been here 11 years. So a lot of those kids are in their early thirties. And so they're, they, you know, they're in careers, they're married, they have families. Yeah. Um, many of them come back to our games and you get to catch up, but they'll still reach out when they might need some help. Uh, they might have a question, they might need some support or just to be back and engaged um, you know, with us and trying to create that experience for another student athlete uh, um, down the road. And when you pull that all together, that connectedness, that's what gets, gets those student athletes to also give back, uh, stay invested, um, be able to help us uh, move forward. If you don't have that, it gets to be really difficult to grow. Right. Uh, it gets really difficult to uh, reach milestones. They all want to see us continue to do better. Yep. Um, and you build that, but you build it class after class. The worst uh, uh, deal for me is every year we do a senior banquet for our student athletes. And you're looking across the room, and you're going, number one, I'm going to miss all these kids. Yeah. And number two, how are we ever going to replace this group? <laughs> and uh, and yet every year another group comes in and, and someone else takes on that role. And and now you, you realize after my first few years, now I've got this whole network of these two former student athletes that are out there that uh, my life is enriched because the number is so big. It's not the finite number of each class that's currently here. It's all of those others added in. And I, that's really what makes this thing special. I don't know that there's many industries that you could work in where you get a, a continue to create a new class of friends and and uh people that you care about and some people that you can have a positive impact like you're building a mountain like it's i love it so uh, this is the this is the fun question so you have like one of the greatest kickers of all time as an alum but you've also developed a relationship with uh What's his name now? The punter. Pat McAfee. (laughs) (laughs) So how did that that happen through Vinatieri? Like does like does Vinatieri come back like to because he's probably a great spokesman for South Dakota State, obviously. Yeah, he's uh, it's interesting because obviously he's still been playing, and so you know he I called him probably five or six years ago and. Because uh, we want to put him in our Hall of Fame, but one of our requirements is you have to be able to be here uh, for that. And so, uh, stop you know, kicking. I know. For Pete's sake, I thought when he finally broke the NFL record, I thought maybe we'd have a chance. But you know, he's still good. So uh, keep going. And then his nephew Chase Vinatieri uh, was a senior this last year That's for us, yeah. and uh, kind of a All American kicker, and we'll have a chance at the next level too. But. Yeah. Um, you know, I think through those uh, relationships and Adam does come back to South Dakota. And uh, so he's still connected with his family and uh, being here. But again, he was busy that weekend. So he asked McAfee to jump in and do the college game day. And I think, you know, uh, at the end of the day, and with all due respect to Adam, Pat McAfee <laughs> is probably the best college game day guy you could ever, yeah. ever want, have, wish yeah. for, um, you know, and, and I had followed him really on the Bob and Tom radio show for years because of Indianapolis. And he, you know, he's, he was just, I'm like, who's this funny kicker? I mean, he's <laughs> hilarious. And so he, you know, he gets here and, and, uh, ends up in his, uh, Jack sleeveless hoodie sweatshirt and it's 35 degrees out. And he just, he manned up and did an unbelievably great job. And now he's kind of a, a fan of the Jackrabbit. That's awesome. Well, and I think that that's, I really love the fact that for me, it was just like, they did. They did game day 
at South Dakota State. I mean, like, that is so cool. I was like, oh, my God, Justin's got to be losing his mind right now. This is, like, the greatest thing ever. And so, like, like for you, how was that? I mean, that had to be just insane for you to have that yeah, happen. Well, yeah, so it's funny because I was in Indianapolis at NCA meetings uh, the weekend before and, and uh, woke up Sunday morning and I got a call. Uh, from one of my uh, media relations folks that said, "Hey, college game day is coming next weekend," and we <laughs> knew we were kind of in the yeah, we knew we were kind of in the mix. But you, you know, you never know if it's yeah. we were in the mix a few years ago too. And uh, you know, I think our rivalry with NDSU uh, that that always gives us a chance to uh, maybe uh, showcase that, especially if the Power Five games are maybe a little off the that right. weekend. And, I think uh, Wisconsin had lost, and so uh, Wisconsin, Ohio State was the same weekend, and now all of a sudden they switched and pivoted and said, well, let's go out and do an FCS game. And you go from the first call where you got uh, – I got a video of Reese Davis uh, that they put out uh, later that day about them coming to Brookings, South Dakota, and then right. and then all of a sudden you realize it's a daunting responsibility. You don't want to look like a fool, and that <laughs> – million people uh, but very quickly I mean our our staff is awesome I wasn't worried about that and our community and our state uh, just rallied behind it and we just did a a review of the numbers because they have cell phone information on things that were pinged off towers and I think at the peak of that show we had 13,000 people on our college screen uh, which is a, a, a massive number and um, you know, it was just one of those experiences that I think, Ron, it probably described SDSU to a T. I thought it showcased our university in a beautiful way, but it was 10, 12 years of going from Division Two to Division One, of building a championship program. You have to be a winner to get on there. Uh, you know, our facility development has grown, uh, but to be able to take that and, and, and know that you have uh, been part of something that allowed them to say, you know what, game day thinks you're special enough to come out and, and put you on for three hours on a Saturday morning. And, you know, we've lived in sports and around sports and love sports for so long. I mean, it's one of those kind of seminal moments where you're like, can't believe college game day. Actually be <laughs> no, that's what I mean. I actually yard. called a buddy of mine. I was like, my buddy's school's on game day today. <laughs> because it was just like, I mean, and again, like that has to be, that has to be like a proud moment for you because you, the buildup of South Dakota state is like so much of it has come under your leadership. And, and again, like I know you're not, you would never say that it's you, like it's, it's, it's the community. It's that, but it's still like in this last 11 years, like so much of it has come under that. And I think that's like really cool. I think it says a lot about where, where South Dakota state is going and what, where it's been. And, and so I think that's pretty awesome. So. Yeah. Like I said I, I, before it's uh, there's so many special people here. It's fun to yep. share uh, that experience with all these folks. It takes everyone to do it. We all know that we all have to play a role in it. And, and then we get a share in the joy of that moment. Uh, you know, I didn't have any more joy than the other 13,000 people that were on that college green. I mean, yep. people, people were going bonkers. It was Ron, it was one of those moments where you literally you had some people in tears. You had the disbelief that yeah. that could actually be on our campus in our state. And, and people will remember October 26, 2019. We'll remember it for the next 20 years. Yeah. You know, we'll be sitting around in 20 years from now going, can you believe college game? They actually <laughs> our campus and and uh, and we showcased it in a way that was very first class, yeah. high end. Uh, division one and yeah, just, uh, it was a definite pinch yourself moment. No, no it was, I, it was, I, it was proud for me. Like I thought it was like really cool. I know you have an NCAA meeting here coming up. So, um, is there anything you uh, like that you want to like shoot out there that, uh, before we, we get off here? I mean, we can always do this again because this is all, I mean, this is fun. This is like <laughs> random, you know, again, like it, this is to me is like, this is in some ways it's like catching up, but, um, so. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I think, well, one, obviously I appreciate uh, you reaching out. I appreciate getting reconnected with yeah. you and I'm really proud of the work that you're doing. And I look forward to uh, continuing to find ways to, to utilize your work and benefiting our student athletes. And hopefully we can continue to take that yeah. uh, to our leagues and to take it nationally. I think there's some really important work in there. And then, no, uh, no, I think uh, the ability with all these issues we're dealing with, it would be fun to check in in six months. But, 
yep. name, image, and likeness, and and how we're coming through the pandemic. And I'd certainly love to be on any time. I think uh, uh, the, the opportunity to catch up and. Uh, you know, and I just, I, I've been really fortunate uh, over time to have people like you uh, in my life. And it's, you know, when you called me, uh, it, it was like picking up, we hadn't missed uh, 30 years, you no. know, it was like, it just instantly. And I think those are things that um, you go back to and, and they give you confidence that we can, we can have, the world can be okay. There's yeah. no question. And, um, and, and uh, being able to uh, focus on those experiences and the things that, we remember that we're so positive. Uh, I think that's very valuable. It will help me in doing a better job for our kids here down the road yep. too. So. And I'll send you like we have a, 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 I'm not sure I sent you the workbooks um, that we've been handing out. So I'll send you a workbook. Oh, yeah, I did. I think they didn't I send you it. I think we did. Anyways. Yeah. I'll get no, it I to got you. Um, no, I got it. And I feel got free em. to send those to like student athletes, anybody in the coaches and stuff. Cause it's supposed to be like that mental health break just to like, get away from everything. Yeah. And we're, so we've got, I've got a couple of my team, team members working on some things, uh, you know, cause it's in context of everything we do. Yeah. Uh, but this is, this is kind of something new to be able to work in. And uh, my hope is that we'll be able to put some things into play here this fall. And uh, you know, I want it to be in an organized fashion so it can have the most impact yep. uh, possible. And so we're, we've been working on it and putting some cool. things together. But no, I, I appreciate the opportunity to reminisce and yeah. I appreciate it's, the chance to, uh, you know, we need to better college athletics, yep. you know, and each person that can come along and understand that can make a difference in this world. And I'm excited to do that. And then yep. you got to get out of here when travel restrictions uh, get taken off. You got to get out here to South Dakota. I'm, I, I go to South Dakota. Like I, I'm still debating doing my drive. I probably will not do it this year um, because I do a drive every summer, but I'm usually, if I'm in South Dakota, it is on the Western, it's like Badlands and, um, yep and all that area. But my little sister was actually just up in South Dakota because her, her husband's cousin has a place in Sturgis. Okay. Um, yeah. So they just went up there like three weeks ago and stayed for like a week. So, um, well, we'll catch up, man. Like I said, thank you for doing this. This is, uh, it, it's, it's always fun talking to you because <laughs> it's just, you know, again, like for me, it's just like, I'll get done talking and I'll just start thinking about all these things again. So it's just fun. So yeah. Well, I, I'm with you. Those, those are some of the best days of life. Yep. You know, they just don't, they don't get any better. And, and you do, you click right back into groper facing dolphin or, yep. uh, you know, <laughs> that's, all the, that's the thing is this, do, I don't know if I told you this. So this doctor, I might've told you this before. I'm not, if, if I have, I was, I'm sorry, but this doctor that I work with here, the heart rate variability guy, they got me in contact with the wrestling coach. Cause he was a wrestler at Ohio state. He's a Worthington guy. Oh, and no so way. we have this complete joke about like, and, and so he, he's a little older. So I think he was probably in school with Casey close. Do you remember Kate? Like, oh yeah. yeah so yep. it's, and it's just like, it's just hysterical. So <laughs> it's, like the first thing hilarious. I said, the first thing I said to him is like, um, we used to beat you in baseball every time. I just don't. <laughs> We, we did too. We, we had their number. Well, it's, it's funny. Cause you, you know, you mentioned my dad and I remember I moved here kind of, uh, it was, uh, I ended up on the, the Royals in the summer with uh, baseball. And I remember Groper pitched for the Orioles. Yep. And my, my dad had always said, uh, he, he loved that little crafty lefty. <laughs> you know? and, and, and that, so that's when we're 12 years old. And then I so luckily got on, and you, we talked about this with Greg Ferrando leaving. Yep. I got on yep. to that travel team with uh, Fred and, and Don Ryszkowski yep. and then, my dad in and it changed the course of my time in Columbus really I mean literally because that, and that's what I loved and being part of baseball but that group we all stayed together for so long yep. and and then we played other sports together but that that was a connecting piece that was really important and so you do you remember those uh, experiences and hitting seeds in the summer and playing yep. red ass and yep. uh, and John Lorms and uh, Siobhan yep. and I mean all those guys that were class above us Billy uh, Keithler I yep. mean you have all those names and then uh, we should have won the damn states junior year man oh, for sure and then and then uh, uh, we'd know everybody's personality we'd have 30,000 yep. stories and th those <laughs> moments they mark you yep. they literally mark you yeah so. and it's that's the that's the teaching thing trying to tell students that just respect this time because you'll remember it forever 
And yeah. the, so, all right. Yeah. I know you got to well, get to it, man. Yeah. Well, let's, let's stay in touch for yeah. sure. And cool. thanks for uh, getting me on today. It's great to see your I'll, face. I'll, and- I'll, I'll, we'll probably put this out in a couple of weeks. We'll put a little production behind it and I'll let you know when it's out. So sounds all good, right, man. Good to see you. Okay. You too. Later, good, man. Bye. Bye. want to thank my good buddy Justin for jumping on the podcast today. Uh, it was really so much fun to catch up and reminisce about our youth and to talk about all the great things that he and his staff are doing at South Dakota State University and to discuss the difficulties facing college sports today. As always, we appreciate everyone listening to The Abstract Athlete Podcast. Again, stop by our website, theabstractathlete.com and our social media outlets for future events pop-up exhibits, podcasts, and other information. See you next time when we talk with two-time Stanley Cup winner with the Anaheim Ducks and Boston Bruins, hockey great and enforcer, and current senior vice president of the Florida Panthers, Sean Thornton. Thank you as always, and do not forget to exercise the body and do not forget to exercise the mind. Stay well out there.